What's up, everybody? It's Chad from Ask Chad Grassy Logic. I'm here today with my buddy Josh. I've actually known him for a while. He's from uh, Cruces Craft Cannabis. Really great to see him in the you know New Mexico legal space and everything. You know, doing his thing. Uh, thanks for joining me, man. Hey, man. I appreciate being here. First yeah. and foremost, thank you and everyone uh, involved in putting this together and inviting us. Yeah, of course. So I say us because I try to represent our brand and uh, everyone involved. Because while you see this face here. Um, Everyone's working hard, diligently yeah. to do what they do to make uh, be success. Yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Without further ado, we'll get into you know the, today's new episode. I mean, we're a week away from 420, and I yeah. figured it'd be a good idea to talk about some uh, dabbing do's and don'ts. But before we do that, we're actually going to talk first about Chris's craft cannabis, and we'll get, just get into the conversation from there. Um, do you want to tell everybody a little bit of anything about yourself, or do you just want to go into Chris's cannabis? Um, a little bit about myself. Um, uh, I've been into the community for a long time myself in different ways. Uh, I met you actually through the community. Yeah. <laughs> so the advocating and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, I like to say that's just the little things. But uh, uh, but the brand uh, from, I like to say the brand from the <clears throat> Band of Brothers uh, that we put together. Yeah. I like to say that I um, uh, appreciate all them. And uh, the plan actually brought us all together. So, I don't know, like the community birthed me and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad, you know, you guys, you know, put out a good product. You know, I really like what you do. And, you know, you represent, you know, not just Las Cruces, but New Mexico is, you know, a good industry and, you know, a good business and everything, especially coming from, you know, the, the legacy market and everything, you know, right. like we all have. You know, right. all of us do. Everyone and, starts somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you had to start somewhere. And sometimes, you know, it's on a legal hmm. side and sometimes not so legal side. So, you know, it happens. <laughs> right, right. I was about to say before it was even cool for most people. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Before it was the cool kid to do it. So, um, how did like the name and everything or the idea of Chris's Craft Cannabis come about? Um, so, we're just talking about an identity for us because we've been working at our craft for a long time. And so, we had a couple of names come up that were like, cool but didn't suit us and so after a while we started thinking like well um we can't just be called like uh because jungle boys exist but yeah. they're grown men so yeah, we can't yeah. go like new mexico boys or, <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah yeah and so we're just like we're craft growers we're from cruces yeah and um why not it just yeah. made sense to be honest so it just came about we all liked it and voted to be like I guess that's what it's going to be. And um, so it was cool because that day actually gave us our identity for what we wanted as a brand and how we wanted to move about. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like I said, that was just like a birth of a monster, like to say. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you've seen some of our accomplishments, too, yeah. from last year or so mm -hmm. from the Cannabis Cup. Yeah, yeah I uh, did. We entered three years. We ranked twice. We took home first place one year, third at Harvest Cup. Um, so it's we had to be recognized through the quality medicine we wanted to put out. And why we wanted to do that is because we had family members with medical ailments that we couldn't afford uh, medicine for. So we learned that there were other remedies. So that's where like me and my brother started like trying to look into and then uh, lo and behold, we found people with similar interests and goals the same as us is try to heal and make good medicine. Yeah. And so that's how we came together. And like I said, the identity came after that, thank God. And we're able to push out what we needed to and uh, meet good people like so. Yeah, that's great, dude. I mean, it, it's a great journey. You know, and I've kind of seen you guys grow, you yes, know, sir. and like kind of come together, you know, like, you know, from first meeting, you know, just like, hey, what's up? Yeah, cannabis community, hell yeah. And then, you know, legalization gets closer, then it kind of you get the, the grouping together and, you know, just really seeing you grow. And it's, it's great to see you guys and it's great seeing you in this space, you know? Hey, so, yeah. I appreciate it. I was like, you've done a lot of great things too, man. So, appreciate it. <laughs> shit, all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all around. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're better together. So, you know, it's working together and everything and, you know, just kind of make sure that we all try to fight to make this industry, you know, a lot better, even, you know, especially on the medical cannabis side. You know, for, especially for the patients because we were there first <laughs> and, and there's too much of us to um, put a line in the sand where there's a lot of things that already has us divided in this world and so in a community where we i don't say we need each other but it's not hard to be uh understanding or i'm not saying like yo uh, i trust you and love you brother yeah 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 uh, i'm just saying there's 
you don't have to be rude, no hateful, or there shouldn't be no resentment in this community. Simple yes or no, build bridges and get over stuff. That's yeah. how we try to look at it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's it's business at the end of the day, you know, whatever whatever it did to whoever to you, I mean that's you guys' thing, you know. Right. Just let it ride. It's business is business. Um, so yeah, that's cool. And I'm glad you guys have that attitude and everything. Now, do you guys have a storefront or are you guys just producers or, you know, what's the whole so business, our, business idea? Our scenario is, uh, we don't have a retail shop right now. That's something that we're going to think about in the future. Mm -hmm. But right now we're just trying to think of products to put in shelves. So the live hash rods in is something we've been uh, specializing in yeah. for the last uh, couple ish years. And so... <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um <laughs> so that's what we want to try to get out um our production is uh slowly coming along we're getting our financial uh stuff together so we can start construction nice so we have our licenses and we don't mind working with other farmers if you're looking out for manufacturing solventless organic um we don't mind we offer slavery work because we got to get some, uh, paid, pay bills. <laughs> that's me being real. <laughs> See, I mean, that's great to hear because a lot of people don't want to work with other companies or, you know, work with, you know, other people in that capacity. And it's great to hear that and see that, you know, maybe there is another farm that wants to work and they're watching. So, yeah, you never know. Yeah, you don't know until you swing. Babe Ruth called a shot, you know what I mean? Struck out more times than you hit home runs. <laughs> yes, sir. You did it with class. He did, he did, and we still remember him to this day. Yeah, all right. <laughs> For some reason, we don't remember the strikeouts other than myself. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> so that's great. So where's you guys' products right now located? Is there like a particular dispensary or you know anywhere you can go to see to check it out in town? I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Alter Ego Cultivation, okay. um, great people. Uh working on some great products as well they uh hit us up for a collab which we did nice. now we're in i believe i know three stars right now which is zia collective um empire cannabis what is that third one um icana icana okay i've been to empire i haven't been to a couple of others there's so many in town now yeah. there's there's a lot um that's how come we're thinking about the the retail side because right now we want to see how sink or swim type situation and that's messed up to say but at the same time that's how the business world works and so right now we're about to see i feel um companies may come come or go i can't say if we'll be here forever but we're gonna see a lot of change and might be slow might be quick we don't know i yeah. mean how do you feel about that well actually that's something that we're going to be talking about later on in the episode so there's a whole section about this we can talk about because i could talk about it Right. Uh, on so and on. we'll save that and <laughs> we will save that towards the end of the episode i got my producer over like oh my god oh. he's like don't get him started please we just got here <laughs> sorry gino i won't make you suffer too much um so what products do you guys have you know you mentioned you have some of the rosin you have some of the hash holes and stuff like that is there anything else that you have too actually i didn't say hash holes so i'm glad you brought oh, that up sorry my bad so <laughs> we, we, we do have uh hash holes um posy boy rolling uh it does great work Okay. Uh, part of the family, as far as I'm concerned, mm -hmm. um, he does uh, the hash holes uh, for us. Uh, we also do we decarb stuff so we can get the carts going. Yeah. We also are working on our edibles, so we're trying to be a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. So nice. try to push out as much different varieties we can. We just can't wait till we can be full single source mm -hmm. and have our production up. Yeah. And so for the viewers watching who may not know, what is a hash hole? So a hash hole is um, you're going to roll up a joint mm -hmm. and then depending on which uh, you weigh out to put the flour, there's there's certain chemistry, like there's certain amount you put of concentrate into the joint you're about to roll. Okay. And so some people put this much or that. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically a joint with concentrate in it. And so I look at it as like I've, I've wormed out stuff and put it in there, but I think the difference with the hash hole is that when you smoke it and look down at it, you can see like the donut effect, but okay. you can also see the concentrate you put in there. You can see like the boil, which is cool. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's almost connoisseur like of the joints because like some people can't afford it or they just don't think it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's fine, but like some people just go ham all day with those. Yeah. And I don't, I enjoy. I mean, they're, they're held in high regard. You know, everyone I've talked to that's tried them or even has them, like, we got the hash holes, you know, like they, they, that's one of the first things they tell me if they have is that we got hash holes. I'm like, man, 
I need to try these because I haven't tried it yet. Um, you know, and I need to just go try it because I was like, God, I keep hearing that. Good for you, Josh. And every time I hear that, I was like, good for you, Josh. <laughs> good for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you guys are doing it big. Because, you know, I've had your guys' rosin and stuff like that. And um, I've always enjoyed it. It's always been, you know, great, top notch. And, you know, it's always connoisseur level. Thank you, know, you sir. What I, what, I, what I consider it. Um, but, yeah, I have to check out the hash hole, you know, and that's the one thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah, you didn't mention that. You're right. And I was like, oh, man, I spoiled it, spoiled it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we like to bring up certain stuff and ideas around just so it's just documented, just yeah. like most things, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if someone's all, we came out with it first, and it's like, oh, it kind of did it. Check this out. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a race of who did it first because there's a lot of people who are racing to be first. Sometimes a tortoise wins, wins the hair race. Yeah, exactly. So that's all more like we'll, we'll see how that goes. But we're not trying to hide some most things. Yeah. Uh, but we do like putting things out there like so. So yeah. that's cool that you did. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And you know what? Um, being the first doesn't always mean you're the best at it. You know, the, the first guys to fly a plane only flew a couple hundred, a couple feet. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, a few feet, you know, essentially. And, you know, now we're sitting here flying across the globe. So, you know, the first guys to do it, they'll do it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best. So, yeah, right. Depending right. who you're talking to, some flat earthers um, <laughs> that I know, they just... You know what I mean? Very interesting yeah. conversation and topic yeah. for another time. Yeah, that's but. for another podcast. <laughs> that's for another day. So, um, at Cruces Cannabis, um, or Cruces Craft Cannabis, excuse me. Um, do you guys have like a, a mission or anything? Are you guys trying to do anything like locally in the community? Because you guys are all local boys and everything. Uh, we try to show up and support whoever we can. Uh, I guess our mission statement is put out the, the best quality that we can. Um, be transparent with who we are and how we do business. Everyone loves honest business. We feel that there's a lot of stuff going on, and um, there's even smiling faces could be very tricky to deal with. Not everyone is up <laughs> up forward with their intentions, mm -hmm. and so that's what we want to try to present to the table. Um, a lot of uh, stuff instilled in me was obviously through our parents. Uh, my mom said, "I see the good in everyone," and she even told me a while ago to change my course, like. You can't heal people doing this. You heal people doing that. So this is one of the missions I feel in our way to heal. And so, like I told you before, healing our family members with what we could with, you know, help homeopathic remedies. Yeah. Um, this is our way of trying to give back to the community that showed love to us uh, unconditionally. Yeah. The good, bad times have shaped me. Yeah. Uh, my mom... My mom's mom was here, um, so I guess to, to cut it short, is our mission is put out good quality medicine from, from good people to get to good people. Nice. And that's one of the things. We'll work on that a little more. But <laughs> but um, for we'll the, clean it up. Right, right, <laughs> clean it up. But that that's what we're trying to do, bro. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it's a rare commodity, and. Um, some people just, I don't know if, how they would feel about it, but I don't care. Even if it kills me seeing the good in someone else, um, yeah. But don't con don't confuse that with weakness just because yeah. I want to see the good in someone. You yeah. know what I mean? Because some people will try to take advantage. And sad to say we've been through a couple of scenarios where um, in this legal market that you would assume, you know what I mean, would be like, oh, well, your intention is to help. And yeah. when you get deeper in the conversation, it's not. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like totally different. You're like, bro, yeah. <laughs> you're like, bro, really? Because uh, one good tip I got from my drill sergeant was don't mistake my kindness for weakness, <laughs> and uh, he made us feel that. So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying with that, everything you know. But it's great to see that you guys have more compassion, you know. That, yeah, there's a lot of you know, lack of compassion in this industry, and you know, there are other businesses, don't get me wrong, who do show compassion, but it's great to see it right. locally too. You know. So that's where you see us like go to the shows, mm -hmm. go to different retail shops, buy yeah. other products from other people. Yeah. Some people have told me like, that's cool. Why do you do that? It's like, cause it's a community. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. If you have good uh, products mm -hmm. from various uh, producers or what have you not, if I have a dollar in my pocket to buy a dollar pre-roll, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I try to do that too. You know, support. And it's not much, you know what I mean? No, it really ain't. You know, or if I have a friend and I haven't tried their farm, I'll, I'll go, I'll ask them, where's it at? I'll go try it. You know, like, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go support you, you know, and go try it out. And, you know, lately, New Mexico's cannabis is getting better. I got to uh, say that. A lot better, yeah. sir. Yeah, it's um, a lot better. 
blowing a lot of stigmas out the water. You have yeah. people out of town come through like, oh, this is, I didn't expect this. Oh, this desert trash. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, ouch. Yeah. The sizzle, sizzle on my <laughs> desert heart. But yeah, we'll prove you wrong. <laughs> you know, and, and we slowly are because, you know, I was one of those people in the past who, you know, our cannabis sucked, you know, for a long time. And it did. It, for sure. For yeah, sure. It, it did. It sucked. But now, with the newer growers coming in, I knew that would change the landscape. We had newer producers, fresh, fresh people in, you know, um, people who've been doing it for a long time, just didn't have the capacity to do it on that level. Um, you know, they all get the chance and chance. And now, you know, shoot, you know, we're seeing the seeing the results of that. So that's great. Um, one other question is, how have you seen the like cannabis community in Cruces grow just in the past like three, four years? Actually, it's turned into um I think a better scenario, it's being bigger and productive and mm -hmm. every sense of what you can think of. Because like you said, a few years ago, we wouldn't sit here and talk about this so casually. We wouldn't even know what, I, I'm not saying we don't, we're not like Kevin Bacon where dance isn't allowed in our town. But yeah, like, yeah. It's a little bit slow for most uh, proactive situations. Yeah. And so like hash rods and all this stuff wasn't yeah. really uh, a big thing to most. So for it being recognized now, for us being better growers, and the community's bigger. I'm not just saying the retail stores, but um, I'm pretty sure you know a lot of people and farmers coming out the woodworks that are saying, like, I can finally be who I am in this community without people thinking that I'm, I'm a drug dealer, Yeah, in a yeah. sense. And, you know, that's that's something that I tried to do you know, throughout my years as a cannabis advocate and everything, is being a veteran, you know, because there's such a stigma on that. And I was like, you know what? I'll put myself out there, you know, I'll show you guys, you know, that you can be a good person, use cannabis and, you know, try to heal yourself, you know, like I'll, I'll show it to you, you know? And so that's why I've been putting myself out there to show other veterans. Cause you know, we, we do get a little skittish, you know, and it's not just us, it's, you know, other people too, but it's just part of the community that I know, um, you know, like from firsthand experience, it's just, yeah. So I totally get it, you know, and I'm glad vets aren't the only ones that deal with that stigma you know right the i feel you because like i've seen scenarios where they just like here you go here's some zannies or mm -hmm. whatever it is to shut you up and get you out mm -hmm. but what they don't realize is like between alcohol and drugs like that if you were to try to stop then those are the two ones that probably like kill you heroin and alcohol are the only two drugs that'll kill you if you stop cold turkey if you're addicted and those are some of the like clinical drugs have components as well. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a sim It's like, I don't see the benefit in that. It's like, is it really helping? I've seen people that good people I've seen be drugged through the mud off clinical medicine because it's going to help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, my sister, I've spoke about this a lot, but, you know, she's the reason why I'm here. She died because of a prescription pill overdose. So like, I totally get it and understand. And, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat with that. So, you know, that just... It just goes back that, you know, we need to work on the stigma on cannabis. You know, and yeah. it's, it's a community thing. It's a whole industry thing, you know, and it's not just the dispensaries and people working at the dispensaries. If you use cannabis, you're an advocate, you know, and you're, um, you're, you have some responsibility to show people that we're not idiots, you know, and if you don't, then I don't know what to tell you. you know? Right. <laughs> we can't change perspective on most. And I was talking about earlier, we can't have people think the way we do or believe that because <laughs> yeah. disappointment will come around the corner often than not. Usually slap us in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, one of the last things we'll talk about, and I've mentioned this before, but your guys' extracts, I mean, they've always been amazing. What type of different extracts do you guys make? Um, we used to uh, dabble into like closed loop systems and stuff like that. And so we just came to the conclusion like, is this what we want? Is this what our body is telling us we do need or don't? Because like after a while, my body was just like, yeah, you know, I got what I needed, but it wasn't. So when I tried rosin, it was just a different feeling. I felt better. Mm -hmm. My lungs thanked me. You know, I'm a cheeseburger away from a heart attack. So uh, the, <laughs> the the hash rosin is, you know what I mean? The healthier alternative, at least yeah. for me smoking. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> that's pretty much like, uh, uh, where we came from, but uh, where we started, I knew some friends with a uh, open two blast in the back mm -hmm. with like Mexican bricks. No, oh, but they <laughs> oh, no. they didn't um, they didn't properly know how to purge stuff. Yeah. So I think we're the guinea pigs from then till now as to what's gonna happen in the future. We'll find out. Yeah, but yeah. 
uh, yeah, our background is a little bit on that. We just figure out there's got to be a better way. And so we're like, oh, we just buy ice? We just buy water? Yeah. The only expensive thing is the freeze dryer and, well, depending on what you want for a press. Yeah, yeah. And for the for the people watching who aren't, you know, connoisseurs or anything like that, or they never dab, what is hash rosin? So hash rosin, it's similar to bubble hash, which is you get your buds either fresh, frozen, or cured. You put it into a container to wash. There's different methods of washing. Um, so at the end result, you pour the contents into different micron bags, mm -hmm. and each micron bag is uh, finer from the next. Mm -hmm. Depending, like I said, some people use full spec or they have specific uh, screens. After they pour the contents, they pull the um, the heads from the bag. Mm -hmm. They put it in the freeze dryer. The freeze dryer then cures out what you need, keeps the color and contact as well, which is another thing that's important. Mm -hmm. And after it's done carrying out, you put into another like bags, put into your press and have a good time. Nice. So it's organic. I feel it's like I tell people all the time, vegan of dabs. Yeah. Organic as possible. Yeah. So you get the whole strained part when, you know, with the ice bath essentially. Yes, and then you get the extra filtration part once you do the press. Yes, sir. So, okay. Yeah. Yes, so. Sir. For those watching, you know, <clears throat> I've, I've had your guys' uh, um, hash rosin before, and it's really amazing. Um, and it tastes really good. I feel like there's more terpene retention um, with that process. You know, I, I have more flavor. Um, and <clears throat> my rigs stay cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's more of a, of a natural feel, too. Like you said, you know, you feel better. It feels more of a cleaner um, high yes, or a, a medication than, you know, the other way. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. And I thank you for giving me that method because I didn't know – the last part of the press, you know, I didn't know that that press part goes into it because I'm not a manufacturer extract guy. So, I'm more of a flower guy, <clears throat> but I, I won't say no to a dab. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I won't say no to a dab. Um, I do dab. I'm just not like the kind of sewer dab. So, I mean, that's really great. And maybe people watching, you know, someone might be interested or maybe interested in the process. You know, we just educated them. So I appreciate that. Hey, that's not a problem, bro. That's, yeah. that's what we're here for. Educate the public. Yes, sir. So if anyone has questions, that's the things we've been working on and thinking about workshops. So okay. we're fortunate to sell to um, other retailers and stuff. Mm -hmm. We like to do like workshops with uh, their bud tenders to be like, this is the process. This is our brand, um, why it's important to us. And so they're educated yeah. because I'm pretty sure people come up and ask them like, what products do you have? Okay, that's cool. How's it made? Mm -hmm. And why these people, why why do you talk about them? Yeah. And yeah. like I said, education and answers all around. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's why this show exists, is education. So whenever you guys kick that off, let me know, and I'll, I'll try to help get the word out about it. Because, I mean, I feel like that's something important that, you know, even I would like to attend. Because even if it's something that I feel I know, there's always some bits of information that I can retain from it. Um, like uh, a few years back, they had Department of Ag come in, and they had one tidbit of information that was so good and like i to this day i use it he said if you want to see if you have a lot of bugs on your, your cannabis plants or hemp you just take an old gallon jug you cut the bottom off and you place it over a branch you go upside down you give it a little shake and then you look to see what bugs are in there <laughs> and i was like wow <laughs> i didn't even think of that so you know so, something small like that you know like it's just a game changer you know you can see what bugs are infestated it, it has the infestation in there just with that small little method yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. It's a nice tidbit. Yeah, it is. It's a nice tidbit. So, you know, free little information for you guys that right. I paid for. <laughs> Knowledge is power. It is 100% power. Um, so where can the people find you? You know, like, actually, let's, uh, we have their website up, right? Oh, yeah, let's I'm, pull that. Let's, I'm all like, looking. It's like, whoa, whoa, what? Where is it at? Yeah, let's pull it? that website. Here's the Facebook page right here. So this is one of the places they can find you, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Facebook and uh, also our Instagram. Our main page is acting funny with Instagram right now. So I had to create a backup account. Um, I'll just give you a quick little cruces, uh, cruces underscore craft underscore cannabis with a Z instead of an S at the end, and that is our backup account. Yeah, I appreciate that. Again, everybody has different spellings for certain things, <laughs> right? Right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, C for cannabis or you know, whatever, something like that. So, is there anything you want to point out on the page? You got anything going on new or just you know, um, so we're gonna be at Laughing Grass Festival, okay. And then also, um, so 420 for that. We're also going to be at the convention center for Las Cruces. Um, they're going to do uh, business. 
like uh, the cannabis convention center, right, right, right. At the, at the convention center, yeah. And then also um, Queen Bee, a uh, local um, head shop, yeah, is also going to do a five year anniversary. Nice. We're going to get in with that. She's also showed us love, so we want to show love back. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of events happening too. That's crazy. I'm going to be busy that day. <laughs> I'm going to be all everywhere, man. Trying to talk to everybody and meet all the events. The doings kickball dispo thing on sunday as well really where um i think at the fields we just uh put in some money for hopefully like a sponsorship okay to get things moving along yeah over by the the fields um is the, it apodaca uh no not apodaca pause uh hadley 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 yeah, yeah i live right. over in that area yeah so yeah okay heck yeah maybe i'll go check it out check it out <laughs> uh, we'll try to make it out I t some of us that have family and kids are gonna try to make it so I'm all like, that's really cool. So we're just going to be booked uh, that for at least those days. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, where else can they find you? Like, you know, you named some of the places that you have you know, your cannabis at. Would you mind, you know, naming them again for the people uh, yes. of the internet? So <laughs> the collaboration that we did with Alter Ego Cultivation, Good People, they uh, we um, did the collaboration. So we're in Zia Collective. We're in Icana. We're also in Empire uh, Cannabis as well. Um, check them all out. Good people. Uh, good times. Nice. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, um, whenever you guys have something new, let me know. Maybe I'll try to plug it on my socials and stuff like that. I try to support the cannabis you know, industry where I can. Nice. So if you get a chance to try the collaboration, let me know. We're always, well, feedback without, you know, getting better. Some people don't know how to like give feedback and they're like, let me save your feelings. Like, no, no, no. Tell us if you do or don't like it, if the terps are good, if it burned your banger, we got to know these things to get better. Yeah. And without you saying things, it's just like, mm, yeah, don't worry about my feelings. This is business, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nothing personal. If it personal. sucks, it sucked, you know, I'll make it better. Yeah, you know, like I'm sorry, it's like I'll fix it. That's how we got good. Yeah, from people not holding back punches. That's a, that's great to hear, and you know what? It shows because I've even had that product, and it's amazing. So congratulations, and thank you again for showing uh, for showing up for the show. And um, I can't wait to see what you guys you know come up with next. But we're gonna move on to the next um, portion of the podcast. We're gonna talk about dabbing, and that's why we have all this fancy little <laughs> stuff right here. You guys can probably see just a little bit of. Um, right, but first. I actually want to talk about dabbing's history. You know me, I love history. Um, and sometimes I get a little bit too deep in it, but we can't really progress as a society if we don't know our history, you know? That's very true, or we'll become history. Exactly, or we'll make <laughs> those same mistakes from the past. You yes, know? sir. There's, there's a few that. in here that we've made from the past um, in the future a few times that, you know, are examples. So um, without further ado, we'll start. And it's a decent little history. I'll try to go blaze through this real quick so that way we can get to the do's and don'ts of dabbing. Um, 420 is just around the corner. I figured this would be a good time to talk about dabbing since some of you may be trying it for the first time. Uh, right, 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 right. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't want some of you to have a bad time and it'll ruin you forever. So if you guys don't know, um, extracts that we have today, they started out as just regular hash. And sure. hash has been around for centuries. Um, over in the Middle East, essentially in Afghanistan area, they've been making hash for centuries. Yep. And the original way that they did it was pretty much just take the plant, put it between your hands and... Just give it a good rub. Yep. Yeah, give it a good rub and get it on there as much as you can. Try to get all those glandular heads off the plant. Because um, the, the trichomes, it looks like a little mushroom. They have a little stalk and then you have the glandular head. And the glandular head is a sack full of all the compounds and all the good stuff that you want in there. The THC, the CBD, you know, all the, the common stuff that you see. There's more in there, but that's just the common stuff that you're in there. If I'm missing something, please. No, no. Yeah. Um, I agree with that because uh, one of the things that we do as far as uh, making uh, hash products, we go check out the plant mm -hmm. and then we will fill the resin. So we'll touch the, the buds. And so we don't look to like how sticky it is. We look to like what the resin heads do when we touch it and roll uh, in our hands. Okay. So like pretty much how you're describing about the methods of, mm -hmm then it's like it's not really any different we're just progressing okay see and you know we'll get on to that too because I, I mentioned in here you know a lot of the stuff that we do even the hand hash it would still today finger hash is what it's called today usually your trimmers will you know get a lot of uh, resin on their fingers and they'll make finger hash it's essentially the same thing um just a different little process uh, so some companies should actually do it if they have like big old uh you know grows yeah i'm saying uh, but Opinion, tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. There could be something else in it that we're missing. You know, just let us know. Nicely. <laughs> Nicely. <laughs> Nicely. Um, so that was like the original way that they did it. And this is like, you know, centuries ago. So this has been a long time that hash has been around. You know, I, I kind of feel as long as cannabis has been around and we figured out that these glandular heads come off, hash has been around. 
you know, yes, because sir. it comes off almost naturally, you know, it dries out, gets old and it kind of just flakes off. And that's where your keef comes from. Um, you know, and that's where in your grinder, that little screen in the bottom, that's keef. That's essentially hash um, is what you have there. Just one form of because yes, there's several forms of hash. Um, you have the pucks and all that. Anyway, so right. going on um, throughout the history of cannabis, you know, it became illegal, all that good stuff. However, in Afghanistan um, and in parts of the Middle East and other parts of the world, you know, hash has been welcoming and been okay. I think in Morocco still, you know, they still have a really big, you know, hash market and culture over there. Yes. I think I watched a um, documentary. These dudes are driving around. This dude just walked up and gave him a doobie. You just, you know, wanted to smoke with them. I was like, God, it's like the California of, so, yeah, wow. That's Morocco, insane. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah Morocco yeah, was like yeah. on another level. Holy crap. It was a hash joint. Yes. <laughs> it yes. was a hash. It wasn't like just regular flour. That was hash. Because they're in like a hash valley. Anyway, so it, it's predominant still to this day. And the earliest writings about hash was around the 12th and 13th century. So that's where the, the writings of historical facts go with it. But I kind of feel it goes further back. Yeah, And that's oh, why yeah. they say the, the writings. Because that's where we just have actual proof that there is writings of it. But I'm pretty sure it happened before there. Because there was a process that... You know, Even natural medicines and all mm -hmm, that stuff. Exactly. And that's, that's how... It all came apart, you know, came came about. Right. Chew on stuff. this and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's today hash is made in many forms. You know, you have your BHO, you have your right. rosins, you have your resins, you have your CO2s. You know, you have your your ice and all that good stuff. And I'm sure you can name a list probably this long. You know that I'm I'm missing. Right. Um. You know that how many different hashes there are. Thanks so, to history. <laughs> thanks to history, right? You know, and you know it's we're going through it right now. So, in the late '60s, early 1970s, um, there was a notorious group of cannabis smugglers, and they used to smuggle, sure. I guess, LSD and uh, cannabis, and they, yes. I guess, flooded the market with acid and cannabis, and it was crazy. And they were called the Brotherhood of, of Eternal, Eternal Love. Love. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So these guys are, are fairly infamous, you know, throughout the whole industry and throughout, you know, history itself. Um, so they learned how to make hash when they went to Afghanistan, because at the time, you know, it was the hippie movement. You know, Afghanistan was a fairly safe place. You know, it was kind of you know, nonviolent and you can go there and it wouldn't be a big deal. So they went over there and they found hash, you know, because not everybody in America had hash. At the time, guys, if you didn't know in the 60s and 70s, we had some really shitty wheat. <laughs> we're, we're talking about two to maybe 10% THC if you're lucky. If you see that movie Blow, you, then you, you're able to understand other than the extracurricular stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So if, yeah, if you've seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. If you're, you know, I'm 36, you know, I don't, I don't know how you are. I don't even want to tell me. No, no, we're, we're the same age. Okay, yeah, we're 36. You probably know brick weed. <laughs> More than likely. So it was it was really, you know, shitty weed back then that they used. However, they figured out a way to make it, you know, more potent. And they really liked it. And these guys saw it as a way to make more money, to smuggle it. And so they said, okay, how do we figure this out? And so they said, we have to figure out a way to smuggle this without having a smell, you know, be less detected, you know, something that we can get the most over without detection. And you can't take big bundles of, you know, flour yeah. versus. Yeah, yeah, like a little that they're not looking for. They don't know about it yet. You know, like you put it in a taffy fucking container or something. You know, laffy like, taffy. Yeah, laffy taffy. <laughs> it's a little laffy taffy break. What are you talking about? Um, Liquid. Yeah, so they found a chemist and um, his name was Ronald Stark. And DEA actually themselves, they're the ones who name him the inventor of butane hash oil. Uh, so cool. BHO comes from this gentleman named Ronald Stark. And I didn't go into too much of a depth of his history because it goes in quite depth. And when it comes to history to me, I will go deep. Um, and I didn't want to go like that. I just want to give you guys some, some points. He, and some... He's the community's uh, one of the Avengers, huh? Yeah. Instead of Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What is that? <laughs> no relation. No relation at all. Sir. No relation to Tony Stark whatsoever, though. The creative, uh, the, the main affair figure. <laughs> so um, he was the creator of it. And they were actually making BHO in Afghanistan, you know, which makes sense. That's where the source was. Instead of getting it over, they were just shipping it from there. But then they stopped um, because... They had an explosion, and I said that we were going to meet a part of our history that we repeated yes, because sir. of our lack of prior history. And the reason why this happened is because BHO is highly explosive, very flammable. If you guys don't know, they use it in lighters. Is that one butane or is that propane? This is butane. Butane. Okay, so they use it a lot in lighters or in you know in torches and stuff like that, or even in the culinary you know industry. And you know butane's used all, all all over the place, but you can use it as an extract. It's a it's a solvent. And um, that was what they used initially, and it's caused explosions. It's caused two here in New Mexico alone. Yes. Um, you know, from improper use of equipment, 
and in proper techniques. You yes, know, sir. there is a certain way that you do make BHO because if not, you're going to blow yourself up if you don't get enough of that stuff yeah. out of there. And you could hurt somebody because, you know, that stuff's harmful. Right. You know, and if you don't do it right. It's called the boom, boom room for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's called today? Yes, sir. Yeah, you call yes, it the sir. boom, boom room? Ooh, yes, sir. It's, it's, not, it's not raised boom, boom room when you have fun. It's boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, like boom, boom. Like, that is not fun. Like, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Matching the gas tank. Boom, boom. <laughs> 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 that's something to keep up keep something in your mind when it comes to that that's how explosive it is <laughs> shout out to crap <laughs> <laughs> oh man so these guys they actually found something so revolutionary that it was mentioned in many writings of you know scientific literature throughout time so the art of modern hash making um was published in 1973 it was dr gold's Cannabis alchemy was, you know, I guess the, the one of it. Um, my, and Michael Stark himself, he wrote one in 1977 called Book of Marijuana Chemistry. Uh, cannabis, these guys, guys we'll, we'll go marijuana, you know, right, history all, one. all day. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that on another day on how marijuana came about. Um, and then in 1999, when Ed Irwid, that's a Irwid, it's, it's Irwid, 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 <laughs> Irwid um, a popular scientist website dedicated to providing information about um, psychological plants and chemicals published hash honey oil technique. Um, and so these were like the writings like, through that they found. And through that first process of BHO, they found other solvents, you know, ISO and stuff like that. that oh, we can do it this way. Oh, we can do it this way. And it started to evolve. Now, one thing I want to bring up is if we didn't have prohibition in the first place, we are actually probably 30 years behind where we could be in the hash extract market. So we actually stunted the growth in our scientific findings of this industry by 20 to 30 years alone by having cannabis being illegal the way it was. Because the late 60s and early 70s was a long time ago. When I was a kid, it was 20 years ago. But now it was, it's about 40, 50 years ago. Um, so, you know, we're, I'm, I'm being generous with that timeline. We're, we're behind because of this. Yeah. And so only now are we getting to the point where we have these different rosins, resins, you know, the CO2 extractions, um, which, you know, isn't as highly regarded these days as it once was, um, you know, the, the market changes, you know, it matures and changes and people's, you know, cravings, you know, change. Facts. And so if you jump up today, I started using cannabis around 2012 when I got out of the army. At that time, we were still doing hot dabs. <laughs> we were doing the red hot dabs. Nails were metal. Um, we had the glass yeah. carb caps. Um, and then we had, you know, little you know, rigs were about the same. You know, they haven't changed too much. But, you know, um, a lot has changed in the industry. I mean, the, the, they used to call it earwax. Remember them calling it earwax for a little bit? Yeah. It I was a short that. stint being called earwax, but I remember it being called earwax. And, you know, it did resemble earwax and it was runny and it was just done terribly. Um, what was your experience really with that? You know, did you do the hot knives? Um, that's, yeah, we did the knife hits and stuff <laughs> as far as when, like, the hash products came around. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, just on a personal note, it was a friend's birthday. I, I was, uh, like, hanging out with some chick at the time. And so I brought her over there. We gave my friend, like, a big old hash hit off of the knife hits and... Um, <laughs> First of all, like it's funny back then because you know you see your friend choking and dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so even even threw up on his Jordans. Oh my so god! Sucked. <laughs> and then so um, I went to the bathroom really quick, and one of the one of our friends gave this uh, girl I was talking to at the time a knife hit, and so I didn't see how big the hit was. I came back and she was just, uh, you know, how you get over high or yeah. over medicated and you get anxious or anxiety. Yeah, yeah. She's just like I gotta go home. I'm all like, motherfucker. <laughs> Mother fudger. <laughs> oh, we can cuss on this. That's oh. cool. Hey, we can say fucker. <laughs> I thought it was like the Die Hard TNT special. Why does it say mud mother fudger? <laughs> Beep. <laughs> no, no, I I I think I did knife hits one time. And if the people listening are you're too young to know what knife hits are, you take two butter knives, just regular household butter knives, and you put them on the stove, depending on what kind of stove you have, you know, you rig it, whatever. Um, you heat them up to the red and then you put them together with the, wa the wax or hash in the middle and you take a hit, you know, fairly far from your face. We can just suck the, you know, the smoke in and that's how you did it. So yeah. people got creative, cut like a water bottle in house will be like, <laughs> that's smart. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 No, that, I didn't think of that one. I, 
Don't try that. Right, don't try that. <laughs> don't try it, please. Right, we're, we're too sophisticated now to where we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, there's no need for that. Kind of like um, when we used to make bombs out of like, you know, water bottles and like milk jugs. There's no need for that anymore. You know? Maybe liquor bottles if you have someone who blows glass. But yeah. that's the line. Yeah, yeah, that's it right there. It's like, that's kind of cool. No need. <laughs> you know, we have stuff now. So um, dabbing and hash and everything has evolved to the point where we use now we use quartz. Is this one quartz? Yes, sir. Okay, we use quartz uh, nails now. They're usually heated up at a lower temperature before we would heat it up till it was red, and that's when we say red hot dabs. And they're actually not good for you no. um, at all. And uh, what are some medical issues that you've heard from hot dabs and stuff like that? Well, used to take glowies, which is the hot ones, and uh, <laughs> <I> so. <turned. laughs> <laughs> no glowies. <laughs> so, like medically, I've heard that. Uh, it's because when you do a low temp dab now, they figured out that on the low temp dab, you smoke or get the medication that you need from it from the taste to the actual benefits of the medication versus back then where you burn everything. So you get everything and that includes the stuff that's not good for you, from okay. my understanding. So yeah. that's just like, yeah, I don't want to be baptized in muck. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. No, me neither. And, you know, who knows how it's probably a few years that we did that, you know, idiotically. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, I was for this show. I was looking at some old YouTube videos from 10 years ago, just, you know, like 2012, 2013. Dude's taking glowies left and right. And I'm like, oh, no. That's, that's knocked down a gram, brother. Oh, and I witnessed that's a guy in Albuquerque try to break the world record for the biggest dab like years ago. Um, we had done some radio thing up there. And like, I watched this guy and I was like, Oh my god, like he didn't he got like maybe a quarter away and like I was done with my interview leaving and he was still outside dying. This is like still just coughing his life up. I'm like, no thank you, dude. No thank you. <laughs> and luckily he was using a quartz banger at the time, but still like it was just like, oh dude, why? Tom this is what you do for dabs, and he'll tell you. I can't explain to you, but if I'm not in this scenario, you ain't dabbing, brother. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, he took enough dabs for us for the whole month. <laughs> There's some monsters up there. There is. And, and speaking of, you know, I, I had you bring a bunch of cool stuff with us today. So that way we can show some of the viewers who are new to dabbing and everything what some of these tools are and what do they do. I mean, could you show us maybe a little? Oh, yeah. yeah. So this is a rig. This is an uh, imitation of a sake bottle. We've got cool. a turt pearl. I actually forgot my marble, which goes on top and creates the seal that we need to get the vortex priorly known as a carb cap yes, it's still, still carb caps right yes sir yeah, yeah. um second got the torch here you can't smoke without the torch yeah and some people i mean i use the big ones because i use it for tools too oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah for for that's right. working and stuff but i do have one of these as well and they work just as fine you just you end up having to uh, fill it up a little bit more than you would the big butane ones unless you have an email that's probably the, you know, the exception yes, exactly. of not having a torch. Yeah. And uh, an email, I guess we'll, we'll, I'll let you explain what an email is. Uh, email is basically an electronic um, heating element for the nail that will keep a constant temp. So you can take your dabs at or take your medication at a proper temp each time. So all of what left is cleanup, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, the impurities that are left over. And, you know, the, these days they say, you know, it's good to have a mop up. You know, if you have a puddle afterwards left over, you have to mop up. That's good. Um, back in the days, it used to be, take it all. Yeah, yeah. Finish your plate. Did it's you like, grow up poor? <laughs> it's like, I don't, okay, I don't chew on bones off a steak or pork chop. Right? It's like, I'm not crunching it like my dog. Jeez, yeah. I'm not sucking the marrow out. Right. <laughs> so I feel when people say it because they just look like, you're, you're not going to finish it. It's like, yeah. <gasps> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and so. What would be the process, you know, to take a dab that you could show somebody in just layman's terms, you know, just a simple as a sitting here? There's a different methods. My personal method is I have a device to read the temperature. So okay. I warm up my banger and whenever it gets to the proper temp off whatever measures where uh, I have a dab right or a turpometer. <laughs> and so if this is like around 100 bucks, the dab rights are on like 253. So that helps me gauge the heat that what I would prefer. Mm -hmm. And so um, other people have different methods. Like I said, you can do cold start as well, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. I yeah, guess. yeah, exactly. Um, other than that, um, after the measurement, 
put the carb cap on and enjoy. Nice. And then, you know, the, the heat really depends on you, but you don't want it too hot. If your banger is red, it's probably too hot. <laughs> yeah. If you're red, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. Red, you're dead. Yeah, that's what we did back in the day. Disregard those videos from about 10 years ago. We were stupid. We were idiots back then and knew nothing. So, right, right. yeah, yeah, we were young. <laughs> also, that's how we become smart through experience. Yeah, exactly. Messing up and failing forward. And we failed <laughs> forward. Just don't follow the same footsteps of those fails. Um, so you mentioned cold cold starts. You know, what is that? So if you don't have any of the tools to help gauge or read the, the temperature, like so how I explained, then there's a method called cold starting. You put your medication into the banger and then you just put a, a torch to it. So whenever you start seeing the reaction of it melting, put the carb cap and enjoy. So you don't have to give spin the, the extra on these uh, devices. Nice. Yeah. And I just wanted to give everybody an example, a live example as you're going. I was like, you know what? Yeah, screw it. Um, and normally what you use to clean up are Q-tips, just regular old Q-tips you get from the store. They do sell... Um, Glob mops, Glob mops and, and all that, you know, one's made for dabbing. They have like a different shape on both sides. You know, it's just your preference, really, what you want to use. Um, and then well, what's this other thing you have? Is this ISO right here? Yes, sir. This is a ISO. Um, this is a travel case. I have a clean pump at home, which contains a stainless steel pump on a glass uh, container. And so why, why do I use it? It's because I clean up after each hit. Why? I use it as an example to where if I eat food, I don't want to eat food off a dirty plate. So I, I prefer it clean. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, even um, growing up, going to church, they, they wipe the, the glass of the wine off. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, like they're not just handing it to you. So there's some kind of level of sterilization of some sort that, that needs to happen. And, you know, this right here, it's and for the longest time in New Mexico, this was a medical dosing device. This wasn't a bang or a rig or anything like that. Um, so try to keep that in mind that, you know, this, this is where it started and, a lot of us like to try to keep it clean. And, you know, for the longest time in the dabbing age, it wasn't this clean. So, you know, the right. fact that we are this clean this, these days is actually a relief, to be honest. You know, because even, you know, this little, you know, knife here, this is great. Can you talk about this for a little bit? Nice. I love these. Uh, this is a Puffco uh, hot knife. It's not the hot knife that we we're just talking about. <laughs> this is different. Because uh, some of the old school friends are like, you just smoke off of this? Uh, but that's not the case. So... It's uh, it comes with a blade that is dirty, obviously, but <laughs> it's uh, I believe ceramic that heats up, so you were able to scoop up your medication and they have a button to press, so it just simply drops in to your banger bowl or whatever you choose to use for medication that day. Nice. So it's the little things, the little comforts. Yeah, and so with four twenty approaching, that's the reason why I wanted to do this portion of the show and show everybody because there's should there might be a few of you out there who are going to be dabbing for the very first time in your life, or maybe you're coming back to cannabis smoking yeah. for the very first time for many yeah. years. You know, it's a big celebration. Dabs are going to be everywhere, and then it's not going to stop there. We still have seven ten. You know, seven tens among us too, and so. What a better way to get you know started and educated ahead of time than through a podcast like this. Sure. So I wanted you guys to at least know <clears throat> what the terminology is, what the do's and don'ts are. If someone is trying to give you a red hot dab, put your hand over it. Wait till it cools down um, till you feel it. If you're like out somewhere and you're just like rant, you know, you just feel kind of like it's random. Just put your hand. If it's too hot right here, it's too hot. And then wait, what would you say? Like baby bottle, bottle method, baby bottle. There you go. That was yeah. when you met. What's the baby bottle method? So mothers out there or people identify as mothers. We're not going to get that. Uh, they usually have like a test to see if the bottle's too hot for the baby. So they pour it around a specific area and you can actually fill out and measure the banger like that. If you don't have devices like that or don't want a cold start yeah. kind of fill out process. Yeah. That's one of the best ones I can fill. Nice. And just let you guys know that you're, you're, the touch right here, it's a lot stronger than it is right here. So you can use the back of your hand. Just be very careful because this is more sensitive than it is here. So you can gauge temperature a little bit easier here. Some people even like use like the thumb part area to yeah, the sensitive. Yeah, yeah, it's a little more sensitive here. Like, you know, especially like wrists. I just don't want to keep the wrists. No, right. <laughs> I've had people try to like to cool it down by like blowing it. Oh, my God. And then they <laughs> literally kissed it. Why? I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, and here's something I forgot because we don't have it in front of us. The carb cap. Yes. Be very, very careful when you remove it. If you One thing that I like to try, try to tell people when you're done, take it off right away because when it sits there, it you gets know, warm. Yeah, it gets hot. And so when you go to touch it, you're going to burn yourself. 
Um, it's not a bong, so don't try to remove the banger itself like you would Ooh. a bong rip. That is the wrong thing to do. Please do not make that mistake. The, I almost did once. The old titanium nails and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I've been in situations where we've um, medicated in a sesh, so someone treated it like if it was a bowl, pulled titanium, a heated titanium. Yeah. And oh. smell bacon, man. Oh, that's man. not a good one. Yeah, and if you're a friend and you're going to be giving your friend a dab for the first time, if it's their first time smoking weed, don't. Um, I wouldn't give them a dab for the first time. You know, it just doesn't seem like a good. Most people just go to sleep and they have a bad time. Um, but if it's one of your mm. friends, you're giving them a dab. Don't be a dick and just give them a huge dab and try to kill them. You're just going to ruin the situation. Right, right. Ruin yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if he's a seasoned smoker, you know, okay, maybe it's a little funny, but even then. Um, you know, don't try to do, try to kill people. Um, you know, it's, it's a celebration, you know, it's a long day. There's a lot of events going on here in Cruces, you know, don't put someone to bed at 3 PM. <laughs> <laughs> or, or don't lie either. Cause I have some people tell me like, Oh, I, I smoke, smoke. I don't oh, just yeah. smoke. And it's like, cool. One dab. And it's like, uh, it's, it's like, Oh, <laughs> it's like so you Texans coming down. Um, just be weary that you know this isn't for the faint of heart, especially if you're not very seasoned in cannabis or dabbing. Um, so that's just some tips for you guys, you know, out there who are new to cannabis, coming back to it, you know, not too sure about dabbing. Is there anything that you can think of that we haven't touched on on that? Um, honestly, uh, if you're gonna consume any type of medication, kind of do the research the best that you can because there's some people out there that we do have problems with um, uh, authenticity for most products or even just made in a bad way. Um, I feel people just try to make a sale, like a used car salesman. I feel trying to be educated on where it comes from or who even handles it is probably like uh, going to be helpful as yeah. far as your consumption. Nice. Um, that's probably like one of the few things because you can't trust everything you see or read these days. Oh, 100%. You know, especially these days with, you know, the deep fakes and like all these other AI written articles and all this other stuff that's going on. So do your own diligence, come to your own conclusions. Um, we're just giving you the information for yourselves. Um, like we said, just have good sources, you know, um, make sure that you have really good sources. That's like the hardest part, you know, right. sure you easier said than done. Yeah. 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 You could say all day, Oh, I have great sources and then come to find out your source was just making stuff up. Um, and I come from an Intel background. Uh, so that's speaking from experience. But uh, that's really all the tips that we have. This is just something simple, guys. It can really be difficult. It can be really be simple. We just want you to do it right, do it smart, and be healthy about it because there is wrong ways to, to doing this that could, you know, harm you. And so I just want you to be, you know, um, aware of that. If this is something that – if this freaked you out you don't want to do it, then don't. Just, you know, keep smoking your flower or whatever. Right. Maybe one day you'll, you'll warm up to it and things will change. It's also puff goes too because the first yeah. time I bust out a torch, uh, some people were like, you sure this is? It's like <laughs> my body's not built for any type of medication, sir. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, puff goes and stuff are – not only convenient, but it's appealing to the eye because yeah. people see a contraction without the extras. And mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't look like meth. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're something like I hit crazy. a button and I get to enjoy. Yeah, it's controlled from a phone. What? <laughs> Can't beat that. And if a lot of you don't know, a Puffco is just essentially an electronic uh, rig on its standalone own self. So it's like a, the iPhone of rigs, essentially. You know, you press a button. Well, you put the material in, of course. You put the, the the hash in, you press a button, you put the little carb on, you wait for it to buzz and tell you when it's ready, you just take your hit and enjoy. Sure. You know, it's super convenient, um, very popular within the industry, within the community itself. Very and um, I've used it many times. Um, the creator of it actually made it for Rosin. Oh, really? And so I was watching on a, uh, another podcast that he was discussing that, mm -hmm. and he says that you can smoke whatever generally you want out of it, but the original construction or thought behind it was for Rosin and connoisseurs alike. Ah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so there you go. There's a little tidbit of information I didn't even know. But one thing that I just thought of with that, when things are invented, they're always created for one thing, but we always figure out other ways to use it or what it can be used for other stuff. So that's really great to hear that, yeah, it's made for this, but we were like, oh, okay, we can do this and this and this and this with it too. And, you know, so that's great. And I always try to come back to legalization drives innovation. Yes, you know, sir. And yes, you know, sir. we're seeing that today with the history of hash, you know, how far behind we are now. And um, I guess closing this uh, part of the tips that we were giving you guys for 420 for the, the wax, we're going to get on to our last topic 
the great closure and the most important one. This one may go a little faster uh, because I'm trying to get through the show and everything, but I don't know because the great closure, what that means is here in New Mexico, we've had adult sales for just a little over a year now, you know, yeah. a couple of weeks to over um, a year now, and we are saturated. And I knew that was going to happen because we don't have a limit on our licenses, which is fine in my opinion, um, because capitalism needs to be able to play out. You can't just say these four people get to be the only ones doing it. And who's to say the four people are even going to be there at the end of the day, you know, because they don't have to stay in the industry. You know, this is, this is by choice. You know, everybody's here by choice. And so if you can't make it, um, then you're not going to be here. And then now you're down to three or two. And so now we shoot ourselves in the foot because we have less production now. And now we have the same amount or more of the need of cannabis. And now we're back where we were when we were medical. You know, like we had a lack of cannabis, even though we were told it's not. But Albuquerque was the only one who had the most cannabis in the state. Down here, it was really terrible. Oh, yeah. So in the state, I think we're closer to 700 cannabis businesses more than anything. And that's states like California have over a thousand. Um, but they have millions upon millions of people. We only have 2 million people. So, I mean, the, the number of dispensaries here, it's too high and the bubble's about to pop. And the reason why I call it the great closure is because in every market, this has essentially happened. They'll have a bunch of people open up, things will go. You have people who know what they're doing, people who don't know who they're doing, people kind of who know what they're doing, they're figuring it out, people who can figure it out. And you're just letting everybody play it out. And we're heading to the end of that. Um, yeah. Right now, we're heading to the end of people being able to try and some are failing and we see it every day. And unfortunately some of these people are going to lose. And that's, that's the game that you play when you, when you do business in general, any industry, restaurant, um, gas station, yep. you know, uh, if, if convenience store, whatever, you know, like any kind of business you're going to run into this, it's, it's cutthroat. And here in New Mexico, we're no different. That bubble's coming. I mean, what do you, what do you have to say on that? How have you seen? That's, I've seen like some people have like frustrations as to uh, their business. And I have a feeling because it was such and such or so-and-so to be, Oh, it's, it's a money maker. You can do, you can do it. If they can do it, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we don't discourage people from not, but do your research, take the time because if you just jump into it, cold Turkey, you're not going to, you might not get the results that you're aiming for. Yeah. And so, um, how we were talking about earlier, that's how come we didn't want to start a retail store because we're barely getting established as a brand for products. Yeah. And so when we feel we're ready to take that step, we will. But like you said, right now, we're about to see a come over of who's going to make it or not. And like you said, that's just uh, the circle of life and business. Yeah. And so I wish no, like everyone the best and no one should suffer, but... Uh, you you're you your own worst enemy if you don't do nothing about it mm -hmm. and so i don't disagree with anything you said because we are have uh, an overpopulation of retail stores and so our way of thinking is like let's just wait and see and if um we go by method of steve martin our motto is be so good they can't deny you yeah and so hopefully we're good enough to where our store can be denied in the future yeah um yeah, that so like the math is in it, bro. Not well, it's just it's a mess, but we're about to see a lot of her feelings, broken hearts, and it's sad to say. Yeah, it is. And we're not gonna become an Oregon or an Oklahoma for the reason we don't have water. Right. You know, like our production is still lacking because if we wouldn't have black market cannabis in our industry at all, we would be exporting more. Then we're importing. We're importing more cannabis into our retail establishments than is exporting. We shouldn't be exporting, but that's just what happens when you have an abundance of cannabis in any market. Right. That's the reason why Oklahoma is supplying some of the most um, illicit cannabis throughout the whole nation. You know, they they have hundreds of acres of cannabis. You know, manufacturers want tons of cannabis to to process at a time, and you know, like not you know pounds. They want tons. And, you know what that tells me, and they have over two thousand illegal dispensaries there or grows there. And so there's just too much cannabis. And so it leaves. But here in New Mexico, our issue is we don't have enough cannabis still. And that's because the growers are still getting up and going. This is a new industry. And I, I called us. I said, we're going to not have cannabis for a while. And the only reason why we looked and it appeared that we didn't run out of cannabis is because of the black market. Um, you know, that supplemented us and it helped. Don't get me wrong. It helped in the long run. But 
it wasn't us, <laughs> you know, it right. wasn't solely us that, you know, that did it. It was help with someone somewhere else. You know, we looked good in the end. Um, it wasn't a botched opening, you know, the, so that kind of helped us. But in the end, um, it's going to be our demise because now we have too many retail establishments that are getting illegal cannabis, but there's not enough demand for those illegal, for those, all those establishments. There's, there's a, there's a huge demand. Don't get me wrong. But the demand for that cannabis at those um, locations and, and, and that many um, just isn't there. That's like putting two Walmarts right next door to each other and expecting them to do well. Um, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Also, depending, they might. If <laughs> they might. You're right. <laughs> Maybe one's a state line right here or something like that. They got two different tax things going on. I don't know. <laughs> you, you could. But normally you, you would think it would. Um, and, and so that's kind of what I'm seeing here is, you know, we're not a California, we're not an Oregon, we don't have the water. Um, we don't have enough production yet. It's still and, going. And then how you brought up in one of your other podcasts about the testing as well. Yeah. Uh, we're surrounded by checkpoints. Yeah. And so it's tough for, um, Las Cruces to get stuff up North mm -hmm. for testing. And so that's like another thing that's being holding businesses back as well, yeah. as far as like a uh, farm to uh, retailer, because yeah. we can't get it tested in a timely manner that we would like, obviously. Yeah. And so that's one of the battles as well. That's putting like a hinge on, I feel both as well as people getting into it, not knowing uh, what to expect. Yeah. No. And I did an episode on this last year on a different, you know, the can of cast one we had, and it was undereducated and underfunded, you know, like people coming into the industry with either one of those or both. And, you know, it's, it goes back to being undereducated on the industry that you're joining. And I'm hearing now of people being just too young, having too many owners, you know, just, you know, the employees are upset because they don't know what's going on because the owners don't know what's going on. And so we're going to see these people start to fail. And that's just the natural process. Right. And, you know, it's the truth. It's a hard truth, but it is the truth. And that's something that we all need to come to come to terms with is that at any given time, we can lose out in this industry. You know, it's just it comes down to work, how much you're willing to do it and how much how bad you want this. And um, if you're failing, if you're struggling, don't be afraid to reach out. But you got to put your own crap aside and listen. You know, if someone who knows what they're talking about is telling you that you need to do something or you should do it a different way, you don't even have to do it the way that they're telling you. Just saying that whatever you're doing isn't working. Right. You should probably listen to them because they're there in that position for a reason. You know, for other hash makers that we meet, I tell them pretend we don't know nothing. Okay. Yeah. Like, so we can swallow our, our egos yeah. and maybe pick up something new. Yeah. And so, like you're saying, it's very vital yeah. to growth and from business to even generally as a person. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just got to swallow your pride. You know, if you fail, fail forward. Yes, sir. You know, that's, that's the best way to do it. Uh, fail again. Yeah, fail again. And, you know, and if you fail this time in the cannabis industry, there's no cap on the licenses. You can try again. Will you have the funds? I don't know. Are you willing to fight to get it? I don't know. But if you are, more power to you. And I hope to see you again. Yes, you know, but, you know, there are people who didn't take the opportunity um, seriously, and now they're going to lose out. So, yep. you know, that, that's, that's my take on the great closure. Um, I thought it was going to be a little bit longer, but it's pretty cut and dry <laughs> about what's going on. <laughs> I mean, would you have any takes on that? No, I agree with you, man. I mean, uh, we're about to see who's going to be some uh, strong players in this game right now. Mm -hmm. Um, the strong will rise as they say, the cream will rise to the top. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, even for us, we're so humble that, we're replaceable even for us if we can't get what we need done we can always be the rest of the numbers yeah. so we are blessed to be who we are and hopefully you guys get to where you need to as well yeah and um i just hope we don't end up closing the licenses because the, the industry will balance out balance itself out eventually and then you know who knows maybe there's someone just having a hard time getting the funds to get in the industry and they just need a couple of years you know like to get in and you know maybe they'll be a, a freaking rock star and you know kill it so you know we're just Let's not stunt the growth of the industry, right. you know, and innovation. You the know? best story is always the comeback. Exactly. You know, I, everyone remembers Rudy. <laughs> I love that movie, but the realization is he paid, played 30 seconds and he didn't. He didn't even he, win. Right, he, didn't, so like, he would have been devastated if he didn't play, but he didn't take account that he got a degree yeah. from Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he ended up with something even better. He's all, oh, man, I didn't get to play. Wasted four years. <laughs> it's like. Huh? Rudy, you cool, bro. <laughs> it's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so 
so don't be you know discouraged um one thing i do want to say and i should have said this yesterday in my initial post on instagram about that is i didn't mean testing facilities or other ancillary cannabis and businesses even some producers are probably fine the ones that are going to go out of business are the ones that just can't grow wow. um you know just the ones that can't grow cannabis well there, there's right. a few um but testing facilities oh my god we need testing facilities especially in the south here in las cruces and just southern new mexico in general um we have those border checks People here do grow. They have growing businesses and they need to test their product. Um, it's something that's needed here. Don't be afraid of this great closure thing. Um, this wouldn't really affect testing facilities you know, no. at all. Um, no. The only thing that would affect it is if tomorrow Texas decides to go legalization and they're opening their shops the same day. Right. You know, that, that would be something that would affect us heavily because 40 to 50 percent of our sales come from Texas. Um, so I'm going to say and I'm going to be on the record for this. We're going to have a second great closure whenever that happens whenever that time comes and it's closer we'll have another great closure and that's fair to say because most of these uh places southern park chaparral and all those places the, the reason they set up is because of that yeah yeah and the reason why they're doing so well is because of that reason it makes sense first city you come into when you leave el paso southern park that is the first city and you know we call it little dubai for a reason hmm. <laughs> i like that i like that yeah it's called little dubai for a reason so that's everything I had for those guys. I'm going to go and just touch up on one of the events I missed last week. And I felt terrible because she's such an amazing person in the local community. Queen Bee, their block party for the fifth uh, for the fifth year anniversary. You yep. mentioned it earlier, but I wanted to give an official shout out for it. She's done so much for the industry, especially here in Las Cruces. Yes. You know, she's such a motivational person, such a great business. If you guys don't know, I've never been there. They're at 600 South Solano, and that's where the event's going to be. It's going to be um, on 422, which I think is smart. Um, you know, to get all there's so much going on at 420 and 421. It's just, it, it makes sense to do it on that day. Um, it starts at 420. I'm not too sure what time it ends. Um, um she, yeah, she's gonna have live performances. She's gonna close down the street, literally a block party. She does this every year to give back to the community. This is the first year that she's actually gotten like uh, good people and sponsorships. Most nice. of the time it comes out of her pocket. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, she's like, she means a lot to us and, and, uh, our brand as well. So with that being said, like nothing but love and I hope it goes well. You see us there too. Yeah, I'll be there as well, you know, showing support and, you know, it, it'll be a good time. You know, I don't see why not. They're also going to do a kickball, which oh. I just found out a couple of days ago myself. Yeah. And so it's called Dispo uh, Kickball or Dispo something. Mm -hmm. And uh, the people from Do What I Want Industries okay. are, I, from what I believe, are throwing that together. That's dope. Is there any information to... Um, I don't know too much other than it's going to happen on Sunday, which is the 423 and it's going to be off Hadley. I believe they have two fields already rented. They have vending spots still open. They have, uh, maybe like another sponsorship for the field. Also umpire fees and little miscellaneous stuff like so. Nice. So it's going to be at Hadley over at the fields over there. From my, don't quote me, but from my understanding, yes. Okay, so here in town. So if you're in Cruces, you know, you can just look up Hadley. If you're not, you can huh. still Google it. Bring, bring <laughs> the kids. Show off the kick. There you go. Yeah, do all that good stuff. So <clears throat> last week I talked about the Laughing Grass Festival, the first annual Southwest Cannabis Convention on 421, um, <clears throat> Las Cruces 420 Hemp Festival downtown, and then mm. the Sassy Grass 420 Fest in conjunction with Valley Pizza that's going on on 420 as well. And that's it actually and this is it for the rest of the show this was a long one there was a lot of information thank you so much for helping me educate you know maybe somebody who would have made a bad mistake otherwise with dabbing yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get into deep conversations maybe on another time yeah, on of course. grades of courts for bangers okay so on and so on yeah and all that good stuff yeah maybe we'll do that again we'll go in more advanced dabbing you know uh was it 200s <laughs> level yes. 200s um yes, advanced dabbing so yeah well, i'd love to have you on another one you know it's great talking to you always a good time and i'd love to get in with that so yeah with that being said want to want to get us out of here yes sir i'd like to say thank you and everyone else the podcast is great thank you for having us first and foremost um we love y'all you have a good one all right stay blessed Cheers. <laughs>